The 490th edition of the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com and use promo code SGPN to get 50% off your first month. Start making smarter bets today. We're also brought to you by Cut. Cut is a peer-to-peer social betting platform that is U.S.-based and available in 40 states. Go to cut.com, that's K-U-T-T.com, and use promo code SGPN for a 10% deposit bonus. And finally, we're brought to you by the SGPN Merch Store, 15% off when you use promo code PLAYOFFS. Howdy ho, DeGenerinos. Welcome to episode 490. Oh, we're getting so close to episode 500. I'll make sure we get you Gumby's address before then, because that's where the big 500th episode bash is going to happen. But uh, for now, it's episode 490, and it's going out to, it's dedicated to the electrifying Raquel Pennington, the champion we all deserve, because we don't deserve good things. That's what we just, deserve. <laughs> because our, because our, D, our DNA is an abomination, and we do not deserve good things, because we're MMA fans. So we get the electrifying. That's our new nickname, the electrifying Raquel Pennington. Uh, thank you for coming to the show. I'm the electrifying Jeff Chalks Fox, uh, one of your hosts here. Some may call me the grumpy one of the of the duo, but we'll, we'll see if I can live up to that or not. I believe my if someone thinks I'm grumpy, my personal life must be sneaking through into my into my uh, professional uh, on air uh, life. But nonetheless, we have an exciting jam packed episode for you for episode 490. UFC 297 went down last night. Very interesting, uh, very interesting uh, results. Very interesting uh, people being champion of the UFC now. Very interesting results for our picks. It was interesting all around. And then uh, our then our, our Discord. It was uh, interesting as well. Once once the the parents left, people went crazy in the Discord. So I think we had some interlopers from the hockey hockey channel and there are a bunch of uh, miscreants over there. And I, I think they they stirred things up. But regardless, we'll, we'll talk about all of this. I won't talk about it alone. I'll bring in the man who made himself a buttload of money last night. Thanks to all of the dogs that be barking. It was the one and only Gumby Breland. Hello. Do you know who the ultimate star of the pay-per-view was? Um, the, the ultimate star think. of the pay-per-view had to be Sal D'Amato. Uh, Sal D'Amato oh, yes. again, showed up over and over and over again on this pay-per-view card. <laughs> Why Why did uh, customs uh, allow that man into my country is what I want to know. I, I don't uh, – I, I personally don't know very much about the judging decisions and how people wind up on different commissions and shit like that. But, like, it, it was – first of all, Santiago Amato seemed like he was in on every single fight that did go to decision, which was like, oh, great, perfect. Uh, yeah. Good thing Sal was here. And then secondly, it, it was weird – because uh, the the Canadian Commission, maybe it was Ontario. I, I don't know if you guys got your individual commissions up there. If it's all one, yeah, or yeah, we whatever do. the hell it is. I think um, we do Ontario, yeah. But uh, Ontario seemed to have a lot of noobs up there. Uh, there were some names I had never seen before. Um, of course, that's the best time to get their feet wet too. Is uh, at a giant UFC pay per view. So, yeah, of course. Yeah, um, yeah it, it was a it was a weird one for judges' decisions. I. And this is going to be a maybe a controversial opinion. Ooh, here we I go. To, Hashtag hot take. Maybe I ought to keep to myself. Um, I think all the right people won um, on every single fight. Uh, I know you're definitely going to ba- debate me on one, maybe two. Yeah. I uh, understand I, why that why that person won, though. That's the thing. Yeah, so. I, I think I think everybody, the right people, won on all of the fights. Um, prepared to defend them all as we slowly walk our way down this card uh but yeah no i i ultimately think uh the judges rendered some of the weirdest scorecards ever uh and they still wound up coming out roses so uh i'm i'm not terribly worried about how bad they were um but the fights were kind of fun yeah score judges scorecards dna were an abomination some would say right <laughs> That was yes. <laughs> that 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 was that was said a lot. The abomination line that went around a lot in the Discord last night. I saw that part. It's a then, it's a good one. Manel Cape. Yeah. Uh, if nothing else, he, he we owe him that. You know. Oh yes, 
Yes. Um, yeah, the Discord we're talking about is sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord. Um, Gumby had a uh, Gumby the dad had a had to put his foot down and tell everyone to behave themselves because I guess there was some chaos there last night. I stayed out of it because uh, last time I got involved, it was it took it was weeks of of being harassed. So I, I don't want to be involved <laughs> again. We'll let Gumby be the, be the bad cop here. So anyhow. It's fun in the Discord. Get in the Discord. People were hitting lots of fun. I, I know our friend Crunch. He was hitting a lot of fights to begin with. I was kind of in and out all night. I, I know he was hitting a whole lot of pluses. I don't know. If, did he end up being a plus? I have no idea where everybody was at the end of the yeah. night. Some people seemed very happy. Some people seemed very grumpy. I think um, I think the interesting thing was because there were eight underdogs, even if it felt like you were missing a lot of picks you wound up doing pretty well which like when we go down yeah we we go down a recap um you know i i wound up six and six uh and and still somehow if i had bet a hundred dollars on every money line would have been up so uh that's that's a pretty wild time yeah it was it was so um yeah there was what what was the line that burr said burr had a good line in the discord like oh that that should be the title of the episode i can't remember what it was so something about like Oh, it's something Drunk about people alcohol. and yeah, <laughs> alcohol, alcohol and, and losing bet slips. <laughs> yes, losing bet slips are or a bad mix or a toxic mix. So yeah. Um. Oh, here's a really good headline on Reddit. Dana White shuts down woke leftist reporter. We should totally watch that video, Dan. It must be great. I'm sure it is. Um, shut down that woke crowd in Canada. Did you? So, so I, hmm. not to not to change your your topic <laughs> off. No, no, I, I definitely don't want to go down cause, that round anymore. Cause more fight. Um. Did you, are you mildly surprised that he, and, and maybe this is the perfect segue into actually talking about the fights, which we should actually do. It <laughs> we have to do that time. eventually. We should do that. We should do that. Um, Did you see he's not interested in a second fight between Drake and Sean Strickland? He said immediately that he's moving on. Is that mildly surprising to you? Um, not really, just because Strickland kind of seems like a, like what they call in wrestling, a transitional champion, uh, getting the belt off one guy and on, onto another guy. Um, like he doesn't really, he was what a champ for a couple months. So it kind of, sometimes this happens when a, when a guy's only been champ a short amount of time and is not someone that they seem hell bent on keeping the belt on. Um, then, then they seem to move on. Um, but, uh, it was a close fight. So, and it was, it was a fun fight. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if they did decide to run it back, but then again, um, I, uh, I, I'm not shocked that Dana, um, Dana's fine with dresses. Drake is moving on. He, he probably has Israel Adesanya lined up in his sights for, for the next fight. Anyhow, at this point. Yeah. I, I think he has, is he lined up too? I, I mean, I, I said it before. I, I think of the people who could possibly headline UFC 300, we, we were looking at a pretty limited, uh, list there and, and Izzy was one of them and, and should whoever come out of this fight, uh, unscathed be ready to fight him. That works almost better than Alex Pajeda versus Izzy. Like I kind of originally predicted. So I, I do think he had Izzy on the mind. It's just sort of surprising because it seemed like during this fight week for better or worse, Sean Strickland, it, it to, to steal an old line, uh, move the needle a little bit. Uh, it, it seemed like he was becoming, and, and they seem like they could use stars, right? Like I, I said before, like, Sean O'Malley really seems to be like the one budding star that the UFC has right now. You know, Volkanovski's a good champ and has been around for a while. Makashev is that. But like, eh, I don't know. Do they do they get the casual fans super excited for a fight? Whereas like, seem like Sean Strickland, I mean, he he looked like Canada's adopted son this weekend. So uh, yeah. um, good for us. Hooray for us. Yeah. So, so uh, at the end of the day, like I, I think uh, – I was kind of surprised that they weren't consi- at least keeping that because he, he didn't even seem to leave that as a possibility. He's like, it's some, not something we're looking at right now. Um, so just freshly removed from that, he must know is he's itching to come back. Yeah. Um, yeah. Strickland definitely was, has become a star. Like you, you hear for better or worse, you hear about him constantly, whether you're fighting mm-hmm. or not, it's, you know, constant. He's always getting interviewed and he's always, you know, on, on not mainstream, but he's, he's on other, uh, other programs that are, uh, outside of the MMA realm. So yeah. Um, bit of a surprise, but maybe Dana White works in mysterious ways. Gumby, who knows what yep. he has up his sleeve. Um, 
so yeah, let's jump in. I was going to say, uh, will DDP be ready for UFC 300? But, but we can talk about that when we actually talk about the fight, which will be very soon. After I tell you about a sponsor, Gumby, what is Gumby going to put up on the screen? Which sponsor am I going to talk about? People watching YouTube are, are uh, waiting with pay. There it is, Underdog Fantasy. <laughs> of course, our friends at Underdog Fantasy. I have an article due for Underdog Fantasy very, very shortly today about the NBA Underdog Fantasy has a way to play alongside your favorite fantasy players all season long. NFL, NBA, NHL, college basketball, college football when, that, when that's around. MMA. Do they have tennis? I think they have tennis, right? They do. In, they do, in fact, have tennis, which is is been right. kicking around as well. Are you a tennis fan, Gumby? I am not. Nope, not even in the no? slightest. Okay. <laughs> you, you don't play nor watch. Correct. Tennis. Okay. Uh, simply pick higher or lower on your favorite players' fantasy stats and cash in. You can win. 100 times with some of the spicy plays on there. Do you have a spicy play or just a normal play for us, Gumby? I, uh, I'll take either. I, 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 could, I, could go, I could go spicy or normal, but one of the ones I looked at for my article on Underdog Fantasy, which you wow, can check over there, is uh, I got Yusuf Nurchich's higher than his rebounds tonight. They got him at 11 and a half. Uh, that's the projection, 11 and a half. He's had 15 in back-to-back games and is averaging 13.75 over the last four. So uh, hop up on uh, his his ability to wax the glass right now. One of my Phoenix Suns. So if if Jeff gets this posted soon enough, you can make that play before the game starts at 8 Eastern or whatever it starts tonight. So you can watch along. You can make your picks, and maybe you can make a little cash over on Underdog's mobile app or website, Underdog fantasy.com and when you sign up with the promo code sgpn underdog will double your first deposit of up to 100 bucks it's underdog fantasy promo code sgpn all right ufc 297 took place in the scotiabank arena home of the toronto raptors the toronto maple leafs um other things happen there too probably Maybe like lacrosse or something. I was just going to say, sure. it feels like you guys have lacrosse. <laughs> we do it. The Toronto Rock. I don't know if the Toronto Rock plays there or not. It may, it may be a little too big for them. Not I'm the, not sure. What the um, name of the lacrosse team? The Toronto Rock? It is Rock. rock. It is. Okay. Um, people were saying in the Discord, oh, uh, Dana's never, they're not going to come back to Toronto anytime soon just because Canadian men were losing last night. Well, they had 18,559 people in attendance. They'll be there $8 soon. Million, $8 million <laughs> gate. So I think, I think they will be coming back. <laughs> fairly soon that's the that's eight million more than they make at the at the uh apex right so yeah. um so that was last say a um a raucous crowd i guess you would say uh that they they got um they got their uh, spirits dampened pretty uh pretty quick here at least when a canadian male was in the cage or even an adopted uh canadian male let's go off to the top and adopt i guess sean strickland according to gumby was a canadian um at least for last week I don't think he would like our laws and, and our uh, liberal uh, attitudes up here. So um, he, he's, I'm sure he's back in the States by now. He got beat up by Dreykus Duplice, excuse me. I, I got to give, uh, put some respect on the champ's name, but the champ uh, didn't leave unscathed by any means uh, uh, either. Split decision, 48, 47, 48, 47, 48, excuse me, 48, 47, 48, 47. I had a Duplice winning three rounds to two. Uh, Strickland won the fifth. I can't remember what in the first round so definitely the first first won the, the fifth, first okay. and the fifth is that's what all i right. had all right there you go i agree with gumby then I, I knew i gave him two rounds um but split decision is not not the worst decision in the world either it, it, was, it was a close fight um but ddp was doing more damage even though his eye got totally shut um in the fight we had ddp at plus 110 it was a big night for dogs i hit three which is crazy for me gumby hit four so uh We'll, we'll, we'll get to our underdogs at the very, very end when I have a recap. But yeah, big night for dogs. And we ended things off with a big win. DDP, uh, thoughts on the fight, thoughts on DDP. And is that eye of his going to be okay to fight at UFC 300 and what? three months for now i think so i i think he probably i the, the good news for him is it wasn't like a big and, and this is the story of the fight too and if you want to go back and listen to thursday's uh episode this is literally what i said it was not a big like blow. It was like cumulative blows that that did that damage to his eye. So I, I don't think he's got like any damage to his eye socket or anything like that. You know, especially because it was showing up in the first or second round, which is when you know Strickland was just you know kind of sticking it out there every four seconds and and landing a lot. You know, like if you if you want to look at the raw numbers, obviously the significant strikes advantage there is for Strickland. But I predicted on Thursday. Look, Strickland is going to land more than DDP does. 
And if this goes to a decision, it isn't going to matter. It's going to look just like, and I, I went back to Jared Cannonier versus Sean Strickland. The punches people are going to remember from those rounds all belong to DDP. And at the end of the day, that's what the judges care about. The, the punches that you remember, the punches that seem to have done damage. And it even reads that way in the criteria too, right? Like if you read the criteria, it says effective striking and it defines effective striking by strikes that are either singular or cumulative that make damage in terms of, of trying to end the fight. And really like at the end of the day, the, the deal breaker is if you say, well, Strickland landed 15 of them and the soft 15 of them is the exact same thing as three hard ones from DDP or five hard ones or 10 hard ones. They say the ones that are the singularly most impactful should be given criteria or should be given preference. So if it was a tie, the one who landed the less, least amount of strikes, the bigger concussive blows is the one who gets the nod here. So, and I, I tend to think that's why I scored the second, third, and fourth round for him is just like the big shots were landed for DDP. Um, they were landing. They were doing more damage. They were backing Sean up. Sean's jab did seem to be hitting. It did seem to be effective. It just didn't seem to be as effective. Now, I will also say that when I scored the fight, I was terrified that Sean Strickland won round two. I thought DDP, uh, you know, entered the fight down 2-0. Um, I personally scored two for him, but I thought the optics of two possibly could have led to Sean Strickland. It was super close. And then come to find out at the end of it, that's not even the round Sal D'Amato gave to Sean Strickland. <laughs> Our boy Sal. Yeah. Also, I will add too. Remember, I just, you know, I just drew the the parallel to the uh the Jared Cannonier loss, which was Sean Strickland's last loss. Do you know who scored it for Sean Strickland in the, the, the Jared Cannonier loss? I, I'm sensing a, uh, I'm sensing a pattern here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so like in his both of his last two losses, Sal Diamato has tried to bail him out, which is kind of wonderful. Um, yeah, no, I, I think the judges' scorecards were correct, but at the end of the day, if, if it read split decision going to Sean Strickland, I, I don't think TDP would have had any argument otherwise either. Like that, that was a super close fight. It was a super good fight. I enjoyed it. Um, I like that Sean kind of let loose in the fifth to try to win it at the end. Um, but unfortunately for him, like at that point in time, the fight was already decided unless he got a finish. It's it's less funny now because DDP seems to be getting better. He's not like... Mm, he, it, it's not it, one of those it, things where like he sucks and we're, he's the champ now. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's harder. It's not like he's a women's bantamweight fighter. It's harder to... Um, oh, I know. Shots fired. Uh, Shots it's fired. harder to... Yeah, it's harder to clown on him now because he doesn't do as many goofy things. He, he he only whiffed on a couple of big shots a couple times. His he spinning back fist fall down. His spinning back yeah. fist looked bad early. I will say that. But usually he, he usually measured. he'll he'll fall on his face trying to do something. That's true. That he hasn't happened for a while. He didn't he didn't do that. No, I I'd say he looked good. Um, would I yeah. pick him to be Israel Adesanya? No, of course not. No, I wouldn't pick Sean Strickland to be Israel Adesanya in a rematch either. Though to be fair, um. But, like, if you look at middleweight, middleweight sucks. It's not good. Yes. Um, yes. And, like, apart from, like, these prospects who, like, need to grow up and save us mostly, you know, like, <laughs> Bo Nickel, please get 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 better fast. Yeah. You know, or, you know, Kai Bohio. Kai Bohio, Joe Pfeiffer. Yeah. You know, like, the, I, I, I have to say this. I actually think Michelle Pajeda could beat most middleweights, too. After watching what he did to Andre Petrovsky, like I, I don't think it would be that absurd to say like 2025 middleweight champ Alex Pajeda or not Alex Pajeda, uh, Michelle Pajeda. Like I, I think Michelle Pajeda could run up this division if he needed to. Um, after what he did to Petrovsky, so like I think these guys on the outskirts of the top 15 need to grow up quick because like either that or we're about to watch like. DDP versus Brendan Allen for the title. And and while Brendan Allen has been getting better and DDP has been getting better, like, God, do they just both not feel like UFC <laughs> champions? You know Champion, what I mean? Yeah. Like, they're yeah, they yeah. just don't feel – it doesn't feel like you've got, like, a guy in the champion spot where you're like, mm, going to be – going to take something to beat that guy. And it's like – it's just going to take a real division to beat that guy. That's yeah. what it's going to take, a real, a real challenger in a division that seems like it's not made up. Uh, yeah, there seems to be uh, a future that we just have to hang on for. Uh, you didn't even mention the, the boogeyman um, who lives in Abu Dhabi now. Um, oh, Kamsa. I mean, like, 
if, if he can stop from almost dying constantly, then uh, who knows, right? Yeah, if I if I get six months without a uh, Instagram post <laughs> that he then has to delete because somebody made him uh, about possibly retiring or his face being yeah. bad or a bad infection or whatever, like if I get six months of that, I'll start talking about him as like a serious challenger. But like, yeah. also he like almost lost to Kamaru Usman. I'll just throw that yeah. out there. So, um, and you, you want to talk about uh, Cameron Simon is going to be the next South African champion too? He's he is not. Footsteps of... He is not. <laughs> All right. All right. You want you want to talk about what you're talking about off air? How, how you're glad that finally an African uh, cha- Africa has a champion? That, you real. know very well. I didn't say that. <laughs> that wasn't you that said that. I will say. <laughs> no, that I, was the champion who said that. That's right. I do have to backtrack just a little bit too because uh, he he did an interview because because I think I clowned on DDP for saying that and was like dude like read the room right and uh we get what you're saying but yeah he did actually clarify (laughs) in it he he clarified in an interview with brendan allen that he never meant that to be like incendiary and he was just trying to like he was like i'm just gonna be the first guy who like sleeps with it on african soil for not a vacation and he was like i i was trying to make that like a positive thing and and everybody took it the wrong way so like he actually in an interview with with brendan fitzgerald which like if you're doing an interview with brendan fitzgerald i feel like you're being fairly honest um yeah. like he he did try to clear that up and and say that he wasn't trying to like shit talk israel i guess on yeah there there's no nice things uh, to be put out on the internet the internet's gonna no. wreck everything so no, they, like, that. they like ba- they like bad champion <laughs> exactly especially if you're gonna be a champion um yeah and if you're a white guy from of all countries south africa of all the african countries south africa you probably should be careful what you're what you're saying if it could be construed as as being racist so that was our fight of the night kind of surprising i you know uh, i figured it was either gonna be duplices uh duplicy excuse me uh via knockout or strickland was gonna like you know um wear him out over five rounds but you know it was a it was a slobber knocker of a slugfest so um doesn't really matter what's next for Strickland. Strickland basically just goes back to where he was before he became champion. Basically, I, I'm gonna give you a hot take. I, I would really like to see, and it's probably not gonna happen because Strickland likes to stay active. I would really like to see him against Kamzat. Yeah, um, it'd be good because, and, and I can't believe I'm about to say this. I think Sean Strickland beats Kamzat. Uh, I, I was just talking about all those people who I think beat DDP and could beat Sean Strickland and stuff like that. I don't think Kamzat's one of them that can beat Strickland because that pace that, that wasn't enough to take DDP out, I think is enough to take Kamzat out. And we also just saw one of maybe the most impressive things about Sean Strickland in this. And I would like to praise him because he he did put together a great fight is uh, his ability to get up from the takedowns. You know, DDP is an excellent grappler, particularly positionally grappling. And he got him down a bunch of times and he didn't hold him there very long at all. Um, so like, you know, props to him for getting up so quick. And if he can do that against DDP, Kamzat might be a touch better, but that, that is a interesting puzzle that, that Kamzat would have to crack. And DDP is a big boy. He's bigger than, than, uh, than Kamzat for sure. Um, yeah, he somehow gets to Strickland's the one who like, you see him at weigh in, boy, he gets so skinny. Yeah. For weigh-ins, he he uh, he walks around it uh, pretty heavy weight. It looks like once he gets in the cage. So, um, so yeah, he got a um, he got a pretty bad cut last night. And speaking of cut, Gumby, hey. here we go. Hit it. I'll tell you about Cut. K U T T Cut though. Uh, cut is a peer-to-peer social betting platform that's U.S. based and available in forty states. Peer-to-peer social betting is a new and better way to bet. Bet directly against your friends or other users on sports, politics, pop culture, and other events with verifiable outcomes. And it's tons of fun, has tons of fun, excuse me, social features that give it the feel of a betting social network. Cut offers lower, big, and fully customizable odds. Create your own bets. Cut handles the payment side of things, so you never have to chase anyone down for dollars. They have social features such as group chats, betting leaderboards, head-to-head history, user profiles, fan groups, and more. And you get your cash back every single time you bet against your friends or other users. That's rewards. So a reminder that Cut is the... I emphasize is again, the, I have to emphasize, emphasize cut is the, that would be bold and capital letters, peer-to-peer social betting platform. That's us based and legal in 40 States. Two things I am not head to cut.com. And that's K U T T. That's it. That's the key. K U T T.com. And use promo code SGPN for a 10% deposit bonus. Hall of Fame bets win bigger by betting smarter. This NFL season with Hall of Fame bets, the sports betting analytics platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. 
Research every NFL, NBA, and soccer bet with historical stats and data. Enter any parlay ID in the Hall of Fame Bet's revolutionary parlay optimizer tool to get hit rates broken down by leg, as well as an expected probability for the entire parlay. Sort all players by hit rate for any bet to learn which players are hot and which picks have value. Stop betting in the dark. Join over 30,000 users researching with Hall of Fame Bets to craft more intelligent, data-driven parlays. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com and use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month today. Start researching and start winning with Hall of Fame Bets. And you can put me back up in the cam- camera because I am a walking billboard for the next <laughs> SGPN merch store. 15% off everything in the store right now until the end of the month. Promo code PLAYOFFS. I got a SGP hat on and just came in the mail last week. Multiple regional championships on his on his shirt. My family doesn't know what it means or because they don't listen, but (laughs) how to explain to my son what what it's all about. But yes, you can get that shirt and be cool like me. It makes you look really buff too. I look super swole in this shirt. People on YouTube are thinking, wow, does he ever look swole in that shirt? Gumby's shaking his head. Yep, he does. Uh, we're competing against other shows too for a bonus. So you want us to win money, right? Of course you do. We're gonna have a big party for episode 500 with all the money we win at Gumby's house. So come on. Um, get the shirt I'm wearing now, get a hat, get whatever. Just tell them MMA gambling podcast sent you. That's the SGPN merch store would be sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash store. All right. It only took us 26 minutes and we made it through the first fight. Gummy. That's okay. Some of these fights we're not going to talk about very long. No. <laughs> Gumby is making an executive decision on the fly. Um, all right. Speaking of YouTube, anyone, everyone who's listening, just go and subscribe. Go and subscribe to our YouTube channel. You don't even have to watch us. Just subscribe. We need to get our subscriber numbers up. Hit the, Yeah, Gumby's pointing to the screen. Uh, and if you have multiple accounts like me, subscribe from every account. Um, and then we can start making youtube pay us because we're gonna have ads and stuff so like i said if you're like me and you prefer to listen to your podcasts and not watch them that is fine but just subscribe and and get everyone else to subscribe to us because we're the best right of course uh speaking of the best gumby here's a transition for you women's bantamweight title fight toronto really got treated perhaps the two worst weight classes in the ufc championship fights Definitely middleweight yeah. to toss up. I know it could. No, I think you got you know, it. Light heavyweight's more fun now. Yeah, yeah. Light heavyweight's kind of fun now because they've yep. got like young fun guns, and then they have people at the top of the division who I actually think are good at fighting. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's it's. But uh, women's bantamweight, there's there's no denying that it is the worst women's division, not just for star power, but but usually for for more more often than not performances inside the cage um uh, get rid of it and get give us adam weight but anyhow uh raquel pennington is the new ufc champion um she beat moira bueno silva unanimous decision 49 46 49 46 49 45 i think it was your podcast gum but you said that she's one been around the ufc the longest before becoming champion is that right there's the longest uh well third longest there's the third okay. longest gap between when she made her debut and when she won her title she's only the third person uh to have have a 10-year gap in between those two dates one of them is robbie lawler uh and of course he left the ufc in the middle of there so i don't even know if you want to count that and then there's charles Oliveira, and then her yeah. She actually had longer gap in between her debut and her title than Michael Bisping did, which is, uh, I mean, that's nuts because it, it seemed like it yep. took Bisping forever and that's how long it took Rocky. So um, I, I will start this off by saying, look, I, I think, I know the fight was a little bit of a dud. I, I want to put It was more, expected. It, it, it yeah, really it was first expected. of all expected. My Buena Silva told us this fight had sucked and nobody was excited for it. Uh, but like, I want to lay a little bit more on that because I know there's some hate on on Raquel Pennington's uh, fight IQ that she kept going to the clinch. Oh, and, yeah, yeah. The announcers that was the narrative of the fight with with our with our lovely UFC commentators that they, they pick a thread and then they stick to it. But I will also say this by that, like she kept going into the clinch, and while Myra Buena Silva does like it in the clinch and did get the Holly Holm submission in the clinch. Did she ever really threaten a good submission on no. on Raquel Pennington? No. So, like, in Raquel Pennington's style over the course of her career, and don't get me wrong, she was doing great from range. I, I think people kind of sleep on how good her boxing looked last night, too. Um, Because when she was at range, she was really piecing up Myra Buena Silva. But also, like, her MO, her whole career has been to wear on people because she's bigger and stronger than a lot of women in that division. So, like... And then at the end of the fight, Myra Buena Silva had no gas left. So, like, 
Yes, did it seem dumb? Maybe that she was going to the clinch all the time because that's where Myra is dangerous. Sure, but then by the end of the fight, Myra Buena Silva couldn't even stand up. So, like, what she was doing was working. Maybe it didn't work as fast or as flashy as some of the other stuff, but my God, was it effective? She won four out of five rounds, and one judge gave her a 10 8. So, uh, here we are in the Rocky Pennington era, uh, much like the Machida era. Uh, I think perhaps they will last right around the same amount of time. Um, I don't necessarily want to talk too much about what's next for her because I think we all know the sad and annoying answer. Um, so we won't even say the words because they'll be said enough across different uh, social media (laughs) platforms and shows and stuff like that. But I want to ask you this question. How good does it's like I'm shockwave all of a sudden you're asking me questions? How how good does my Misha Tate 50 to 1 ticket look? Yeah, it's it's looking better. (laughs) It's looking better. Yeah. 50, yeah, 50 it, to 1 Misha Tate, end of 2024 champ. I think heavily in play right now. <laughs> yeah, the we can't expect the announcers to realize that Pennington worked out of the clinch because they never do research. It's obvious that they, they don't watch fights. Yeah. Um, but that's how she fights every fight. That's why it's yeah. boring. She pushes sure. the person against the cage and she grinds it out. That's Anyone who's watched one of her fights knows that. So she And, and some of her losses are, are she tried to do that and got turned around and, and lost most of the yeah. round. Like, that's how she lost to Holly Holm. Like she tried to yeah. push Holly home against the cage for that all that time. And then Holly reversed enough positions that she was doing it. It was boring both ways, but like, yeah, that's kind of how Rocky fights. Yep, exactly. So congratulations to her. And then she gave an, uh, like I said, she is the electrifying, uh, Raquel Pennington. She gave an electric electrifying, uh, speech after the uh, post fight speech. So emotional. I think I missed that John Anik color electrifying. Uh, no, I'm just calling her that. Oh, that, I, that's, that's, it sounded like an, an he might have, but no. yeah, that that sounds like something Johnny <laughs> would say. It's true. Maybe I'm trying to steal his job. Um, yeah, she's she's real. She's dynamite on the mic, uh, just like she is on the cage, right? It almost seemed like she forgot to thank her <laughs> wife and child. Did you catch that? No, she she, she mentioned Tisha <sighs> Torres. She did, but yeah. like it was like I just need to thank my coaches, and she rattled through a list, yeah. and then she's like, I need to thank my training partners, and she rattled through a list, and she's like, I don't know, my wife and kids, and then that was it. <laughs> like, it was like, did yeah. you forget them, or are they an yeah. afterthought? Like, did you just not want to pour it on too heavy? You know. Like, but here we are talking about Rocky Pennington for more than four minutes. So yeah, no, no emotion whatsoever. But don't worry, the person that she's fighting is going to make next is going to make up for all of that. Was is the person that she's fighting? Has she always been this toxic? And we just didn't pay attention yes. to her before. No, okay. I, 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 uh, one of my, one of my uh, pandemic watching habits was me and my wife went back and watched old season of The Ultimate Fighter. And my wife was like, is this woman the most unsufferable person who's been on this show? And that was like after she already met Junie Browning. Um, And I was like, yeah, she's up there. Um, She wrote like weird cringy letters to people on the show. It was like she had like six catchphrases and they were all terrible. Yeah, she she was like bad from the get go. Like I, I didn't enjoy her ever. Fantastic. All right. We shall not mention her name. And we didn't. Uh, welterweights. Oh, th- th- here was the fight of the night for us. Our star, Neil Magny. Our plus 310. We both were in on Neil Magny plus 310, even though he's fighting a Canadian, not becoming Canadian, uh, who the announcers claim were uh, was undefeated despite him already having a loss and a draw on his record. But hey, hey, we don't expect him to do research. No, it's, da- it's Daniel Carmier. He's there for the LOLs, guys. Uh, Neil Magny. Uh, this never happens. He he won the fight after being uh, beaten for two rounds with, with 15 <laughs> seconds left to go. This will forever um, give coaches a uh, coaches who don't stop fights. Uh, this this will always, this will be one of the fights they'll they'll, uh, they'll look to and say, well, Neil uh, Neil Magny was getting destroyed and he ended up winning the fight and and they'll never stop a fight even though their fighters getting destroyed. TKO punches 4:45 into the third round. Mike Mullat was tired. I was just I was gonna say to you or in the discard that he he passes he passed the test mike will not pass yeah, the test he, he can, he he can move to the next phase <laughs> he did not pass the test he got tired he got taken down he got a little tired and had a little nap while he got his face punched in by neil magny so anyhow everyone's i think everyone in the discard was in on this pick with us because everyone was cheering uh neil magny coming through plus 310 the only one who wasn't was jong it messed up his parlays um, uh, so sh- shout out to our our favorite guy jong who was jong. a little little quiet last night um i i will say i was in this wonderful position where i had basically covered my neil magny bet by uh taking a look at the my prop of the week was that spike goes to decision which was almost as good as the magny number and then like it got towards the end and i'm like well only one of them can hit so i guess 
hope for the three to one one to hit. So it was like better that he finished it. But I was like, also like this lasts another 15 seconds. I'm doing fine anyway. Cause the, the two, two to one's going to hit instead of the three to one. Um, but my God, you know, Mike Malott, I, I wanted to believe that he was more than some guy with like flashy early finishes and his wrestling did look good. I'll give him that. But like, he two, only two rounds are there, uh, you know. Like, and then he's that tired against Neil Magny. Like, yeah, it, it was not a good look for him. It was not a good look for any Canadian man. And this is the big run of us talking about them all doing very poorly. Uh, but like, it, it just seemed like if you have no answers when you're in the bottom like that, despite how tired, like he couldn't even pull him into guard and just hold guard for a second uh, to try to regain his focus and composure. He, he just let Neil Magny pass through every single position right to Mount and just beat the hell out of him. It was uh, it was kind of really ugly uh, for a guy yeah. who I think we yeah. had we, – we pegged him as the best Canadian prospect when we were doing this show. Yeah, <laughs> which isn't saying much at this point, sadly. Um, I see he was born in Cleveland, so that explains <laughs> I just saw Shots that fired. he was born in Cleveland. So that that explains. I I do like Cleveland, but he's not a Canadian. So um, yeah, it was not not good, Gumby. Not a good look. Um, and he's good what thirty two already. So good for that. Dude. Yeah. Do you know who the you last guy tough. he fin? Do you know who the last guy he finished with strikes was? Um, I could look, but go ahead. Uh, it's Craig White. <laughs> Who's see? I don't even remember Craig White. So. <laughs> Okay. exactly yeah exactly so. <laughs> tell, tell me one other thing about craig white um i mean i know his fight with neil magny was in england okay i think he's british yep. i want to say he's british okay. yeah it doesn't really sound like a british name but uh, i'll i'll accept it okay yeah this that this that could be it for not it for his career but malat's like, like i said he's 32 he doesn't have a heck of a lot of experience so maybe you know, he still has some room, room for growth, but that definitely was not. And it wasn't the typical can't get a beat on Magny. He he had him figured out for two rounds. It was you know, it, it was a Mike Malott problem. It wasn't a Magny problem. Yeah, I will also say I just yeah. looked up uh, uh, Craig White just so I could could say more things about him. He is from England. Uh, he finished his career at 14 and 12. He never won again after Neil Magny finished him. Uh, oh, he retired out, on five straight losses. <laughs> look, out, look out, Mike Lott. All right, let's move on to another Canadian male who lost. Of course, Gumby got this one right, though, which is sad for me to say. Um, Chris Curtis came through a split decision. This was a block fight. Uh, I had this one picked as a fight of, fight of the night in the pick him, pick him contest I run, but Definitely wasn't the fight of the night. 30-27, 28-29, 30-27. Interesting scorecards. I said, said in the discard, 30-27 is wrong, but but with a close fight like this, uh, th- there wasn't really any wrong scorecards. Won any round not, in this fight. <laughs> yeah. Not, not, the, story, the, the story here is now the guy did enough to really ha- have a stake, uh, stake a claim that, that they definitely won this fight. Well, and I, I think I said, and we'll keep it this simple. I said on the show on Thursday is that like, Marc-Andre Barrio is a guy who has weaponized cardio and that's like only that that's been his MO. That's how he's gotten the wins he's gotten in the UFC. And he just happens to be fighting somebody who won't engage him in that kind of fight. And will find a way to slow it down because that's what Chris Curtis has been really good at. Despite the fact that like, we remember some of his big knockouts and he's called action man and stuff. He's really good at slowing it down and making it lame as hell. Um, like he did with Adolfo Vieta. And so like he fought this fight as smart as he possibly could. As boring as it was, this was the right way to fight Marc-Andre Barrio, uh, especially as he protects his ranking at middleweight, which like, you know, you watch that fight and you're like, oh yeah, that's the 13th best middleweight in the UFC. Yeah. Hell, hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Like I think he, he fought so smart. So uh, yeah, not a lot of, to say about the fight, but, but good for Chris Curtis. Cause he's a good dude too. But in the opener, I got it right. Gummy got it wrong. Hooray. Mosler Evoilev. Eve Loyev is how they were saying it on, on the podcast. Uh, Eve, not the podcast, on the broadcast. Eve Loyev uh, took care of Arnold Allen. A- Allen came alive at the very, very end of the fight, which is a little, little too late, but 29 28 across the board. Eve Loyev, biggest win of his career, and he remains undefeated. Yeah. And did you see what Dana White said about him? 
<laughs> what did he say about him? He said it was the worst fight he's ever seen, or like one of the most boring fights he's ever no, seen. He's, Which like he's walked out right of fights before, so no, it wasn't. It wasn't even one worse right after, of the night. Yeah, the one right after it was worse. I will say though, yep. I'm pretty sure, and, and you can usually guess uh Dana White's line of thinking is he was like uh, Ivoyev in his post-fight interview. I know you don't usually watch those, so I'll fill you no, in. No, I here, didn't. Said he he's pretty sure he's definitely next. For Volkanovski versus uh, Toporia. He's got to be the unquestionable number one challenger right now for the belt. Uh, and I think this is just Dana White's way of saying, hell no, dude, it's not fun to watch you fight. Um, <laughs> no. Like, you're going to have to fight somebody and, like, actually fight them. Um, because, like, you know, I I, I, I definitely see how Ivoyev won the fight. But it wasn't going to surprise me if Arnold Allen stole judges' scorecards there. Because let's face it, like, he would he would land a couple of punches, a handful of punches, and then they would be in this grappling exchanges where like Ivoyev had position, but like would you call what he did effective most of the time? I think based on like bulk approach and how long he had control, you can't overlook it. But like if you're looking for damage or close to submissions or anything like that, like he really wasn't ever in on anything, right? Like nothing was close to finishing that fight for Ivoyev. So you know, I got, I think he probably did win again, like I said, just by like bulk of time that he had control of and in the amount of control, the, the way he had control and things like that. But, you know, it, it really wasn't all that impressive of a performance. I feel like he's sort of incapable of having an impressive performance. He's like, Ooh. he's like, he's like the least devastating fighter I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Like, that, there, yeah, no, nothing, I get it. I get it. There's yeah. nothing. He's just a, big wet blanket <laughs> okay gross <laughs> nothing grosser than a wet blanket um i was gonna ask you what's next for him but we don't care if, if we don't uh if we don't think he's any good so i, I think the real big answer here is that like wh what do the what does the ufc need for a challenger because like I think uh, I think if if Volkanovski wins here, obviously Max Holloway's already booked, and and you know then Taporia would be out of the way. I, I think you got some fun fights with Yair Rodriguez versus uh, Ortega coming up, and then you got Aljamain Sterling and Calvin Cater coming up. I, I think the most interesting of those fighters will wind up getting the next title shot. You know, like if Aljo comes out and just, you know, finishes Calvin Cater in two seconds, like that'd be him. Or, you know, if Ortega somehow pulls off the upset and beats him, like you could do that rematch with Volkanovski, like a second Ortega fight. But I think whatever winner comes out of those two fights that isn't fighting for the title next gets a boy. All right. Uh, that is the main card. I hit three. Gummy hit three as well. All right, let's let's start motoring because my battery's down to thirty eight percent because Jeff's been going off on tangents. All right, the prelims. <coughs> Jeff's choking also. Bantamweight away fight, Helen. Prelims. We got it right because we went against the Canadian male. Uh, Garrett Armfield beat Bracketona, but did he beat him? Yeah, twenty eight across the board. Uh, very close fight. I was not. I think at this point I was uh, I was behind, so I was I was kind of watching I was watching pay per view plus uh, this at the same time, so I wasn't really paying attention enough to score. But Armfield won for us plus one sixty five, and he was our dog of the week as well. Yeah, the only people on MMA decisions who scored this for uh, Katona were my good guys at Sherdog, um, oh, yeah. and uh, yeah, which is I mean it's it's a joke that just keeps working. Um, and uh, I will say this too, like. Katona got pieced up in the first two rounds. I think the first two were clearly armed fields. I could see you scoring the third for Katona. Uh, he had enough control in that round that you could definitely give him round three. Um, and he does enough when he's on top of control. He also landed a hook or two in that round. Um, so I had first two. Um, and, and it looked like the judges all had that too, right? Because it was 29-28 across the board. But wait, yeah. there's more. <laughs> Sal Diamato somehow gave Armfield the third, but Katona the first. Because even when he turns in the right scorecard, he turns in the wrong scorecard. Uh, <laughs> that makes sense, yes. But like, good for Armfield. Uh, nice dog win. If you uh, if you actually weighed in, because that was our dog of the week for both of us, which we both hit. Um, if you actually waited after we talked about it on Wednesday and Thursday to like Friday morning, it got all the way up into the 190s for uh, Armfield. So you, you probably could have gotten a pretty nice number there. There, there you go. Um 
and we told everybody to get on it. So there you go. Uh, featherweights, Sean Woodson. This was disappointing. Charles Jordan didn't get past Sean Woodson. He tried. He tried. One judge uh, picked it for in 28, 29. The other ones had it correctly. And then Bruce and then Bruce Buffer also seemingly tried to. Oh, did you screw that up? See, that's, I, I was skipping. I was going through things fast at this point. So he didn't screw it up. But the way like, you know how Bruce. Oh, yeah, Buffer, I did like, hear this. Yes. Yeah, he yes. over enunciates the shit out of things um, yeah. because he says things like and tries to sound so fancy when he doesn't. His his Sean sounded a lot like it started with a, a CH. Um, and as a result, like. Charles Woodson started getting excited and like raised his Sean Woodson. Charles Woodson is a football player. And Charles Woodson is a football. He didn't actually say Charles Woodson. I will give him that benefit. (laughs) I went back and listened to it. He said Sean, but it was like Sean. Sean. I was like, yeah. Like, like, like people actually like. Do do people actually like him? Bruce Buffer. Buffer. Some people really like Bruce Buffer. Other than being white, I I think I think Joe Martinez is way better. He yeah. like is the he's the only one who says everybody's name correctly with their like <laughs> yes. national spin. You know what I mean? Like if yeah. you if you're a Spanish speaking person, he like you know he rolls those R's and throws those teal days on there. And if you're you know if you're Russian, he makes sure to get that that pronunciation correct. Like anytime I'm about to interview a fighter and I'm like not quite sure how to say their name, I go look and see if Joe Martinez has said their name before because that's usually the best indicator of how it's actually said. I would actually be good at that job, don't you think? I'm you would not. You, I'm very, I'm very positive you would not. In um, my mind, I am. Do you know the Polish, uh, the Polish strawweight oh, Car- Carolina? Um, Carolina Kowakowicz. <laughs> you still don't get it right. Kowakowicz. <laughs> tomorrow, just wait till tomorrow's episode. Octagon. Yeah, we, we got some fun with the names. Fun names. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So anyhow, it was disappointing that. Um, yeah, Sean Strickland's got long reach, and he used it, and his defense yeah. is getting better. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And he's a freak with a big head and a not big body. Yeah, he's he's built very interesting to say the least. Uh Ramon Tavares cheated, missed weight, came in 139.75, and then ended up cheating me out of a win and gave Gumby a win here. I'm I'm salty about this. Gumby had Tavares plus 150, one of Gumby's big dogs of the week. Um 28, 29, another split decision. 28, 29, 28, 28, 29, 28. A lot of people had Sidé picked as winning, but like once again, the aesthetics of it, Sidé was a bloody mess and was getting pieced up constantly in the fight. So I see why he did not win this fight, even though he maybe he should have. You know, and in I, this is the one I knew I was going to have to defend when I said at the beginning of the show I think it won. And if you go on MMA decisions, I'm apparently on an island here because all of them said it. But I almost wonder if all of the media members who scored this for City were listening to, and I know you weren't, but like we're listening to the announcers because the announcers ended that second round and we're like, unquestionably Sergey city won that round. And I was like, he got dropped twice in that round. He, he like hit the deck two different times in the second round uh, and unquestionably lost the first round. I was like, in my mind, he was down two Oh, and I thought it was obvious. And then I started looking on, you know, like Twitter. I looked in the discord and people had city winning the second one. And I was like, Guys, he got dropped twice. You know, like he, he and go back and watch it. It's, I want to say it's two minutes into that round. He gets hit with a one-two combination. His butt hits the mat. Later, he tries to throw a leg kick and is still like wobbly enough to the fact where he falls down again. Like he was beat up in the beginning of that round. And then he like landed some body shots late, but I don't think that overtakes like getting floored one and a half times yeah uh so like I, I had it uh first two rounds and it apparently two of the judges did as well so i'll take uh i'll take that and i'll take my dog money to the bank here because somebody yeah. had ramon tavares you sure did <laughs> you sure did and and uh at the end of the fight you would most definitely want to be tavares in that city um by by the looks of their faces uh opener of the prelims we got it wrong. Jillian Robertson looked good, Gumby. Maybe she, she well, <laughs> she looked great. She didn't look quite as bad on the feet as normal, and she just smothered um, Pollyanna Vienna on the ground before. And it wasn't just submission. She ended up TKOing her with punches. She uh, was pretty vicious. It was the first non-submission. The first non-submission of the whole card was Jillian Robertson. Yeah, <laughs> yeah go figure. Yeah, she looked really good. Um, yeah, disappointing for Vienna. All right, here's here's a uh, question. Vienna wore like a uh, rash guard. Is that a good idea if you're fighting someone who wants to grapple you? I was thinking that when the fight started. Doesn't that make you easier and, to control? 
tends not to be i i wear so when i grapple i wear spats uh not for like antimicrobial purposes or anything like that or because i'm chilly uh it's because literally eddie bravo told me one time that i should wear spats more often if i like rubber guard and shit like that uh it'll give me better grip uh and i like just you know like he's a guy who uh at least his opinions on grappling seem to be mostly correct so um <laughs> the the shape of the, the earth alien stuff, stuff and in yeah. the alien stuff yeah maybe different <laughs> but uh so I, i've always just sort of gone with the belief that like yeah having more fabric on you especially as the fight goes on makes you easier to grab um and, and yeah like it's it seemed like a bad choice here but then again like I, I don't know it, it some of that has to do with like the way they warm up and the way they sweat and you know like how they like to fight so like i think a lot of it is like a taste and comfort issue but yeah i would say you you want more you want more skin showing when you're yeah, somebody who skin, you need right? to get out of shit from yeah, yeah and and not not that it would have made a difference it's just no because their takedown no. defense is some of the worst i've ever seen in my life yeah and, it's and not that i want to see pollyanna again it's that stupid tattoo with like the face or whatever it is <laughs> uh, on her chest uh, not that i would see that, but yeah this was um the first what four fights of the night was like was the bad uh textbook bad grappling uh fights of the night uh um, correct not the, the end of it she survived which is you know something to say but yeah got herself taken down and get back up so she was the least of the uh, uh of the offenders here but she didn't do, do so hot and maybe robertson's good she's still young like it's not like she's around forever but she's not old yeah and she's got dean so yeah you have to imagine stuff's getting better yeah well she definitely got better there um so that was the regular prelims early prelims sam patterson disappointing gumby not i'm not disappointed in her pecking disappointed in johan lion i say who got himself submitted rear naked choke really good uh really good bad grappling here uh the, at this point in the night i was firing a lot of people and i say i'm pretty sure it's going to get cut after this because he's what lost two of three and did not do very good here three of four i believe right he's lost three of four uh, i thought he only fought only had three fights but maybe you could be right yeah but whatever it is it's not good and he's not young either which i i think no. probably doesn't help but like how are you gonna he was doing fine <laughs> striking and they even mentioned like this is one of the few times I'm gonna uh, pat myself slash the uh, the commentary team on the back at the same time. Is they were like he keeps just leaning to to do defense. Sam Patterson did, and he got knocked out last time. And then freaking Linace hit him, and I was like, oh yeah, here it comes, tall guy defense coming back. And then Johan <laughs> Linace was like, let me let me shoot a double leg. <laughs> yeah uh what at least are you he, doing, man? <laughs> he he didn't jump a gilly but yeah he yeah you were and you were correct as you always are one in three so yeah he's yeah, he's, he's, gone. he's not good Bye-bye. yeah it's it's yeah. over for him uh that's a, upsetting for him but like yeah you're gonna make decisions like that against patterson and patterson got into the ufc with a rear naked choke you know like yeah. we know he had wrestling we just didn't think it would have, or we knew he had jujitsu we just didn't think it'd ever get there because why wouldn't why Nace ever enter into a clinch and like it's not like Patterson's got like sick sick takedowns, you know? And it was Rune Kachuk. I think I don't think I said that. Submission Rune Kachuk, two or three into the first round. Jasmine Jusuda Vicio, she came through for the hometown yeah. crowd. Uh Priscilla Kachuara made this fight go up to Bantamweight, and Jasmine was not happy about that and battered Priscilla Kachuara. Steamrolled her as she's done basically to all of her UFC opponents, uh, save for uh, Zhang's girlfriend, Tracy Cortez, and ended up submitting her Anaconda choke 421 in the third round. And now Catchaware is getting fired too now after all of that. I assume so. I will say the only bummer of this <laughs> to me was that the ref didn't let violence happen for just a little bit longer <laughs> and ignore that tap so that, that I could get the 10 seconds to the Jazz Divisius decision that I was really pulling for. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Jasmine. Yeah, she's always going to be. She, look, at a, she looks good. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. She's always going to be at an athletic disadvantage, and she's not the youngest person out there. But she, you know, she. And what is she good at? I don't know. Aggression, I guess. She's good at grappling. I really like yeah, her she's good control. At yep. Yeah, like she, yep. she, she kept taking down and like controlling uh, Miranda Maverick, which is like you know really impressive. Yeah, she really feels like. Uh, this generation's, and, and I do mean this in like the nicest way possible, like this generation's like a more modern version of Roxanne Matafari. Um, okay. yeah, yeah, she, she doesn't, that. she doesn't blow you away with like athleticism. She's weirdly way stronger than you think she is. 
when she's on top of you, you're like, oh shit, her jujitsu is really good. Um, and then like occasionally when she's striking, you're like, what's she doing? Uh, and then it's like effective enough to do the things that she needs to. So like, and I, I don't know, do you, do you see her as somebody when you're like talking about where she is now in her early thirties, do you, do you like peg her as a future champ? Probably not, but you're like, there's people in the top 10 she'll be. Um, and and like, you know, that's kind of where Roxy was, uh, outside of, you know, getting that weird Nico Montano title fight that she got, which, uh, was, you know, bizarre as hell. (laughs) She should be the steamroller. Matt Favrola should, should give the name to to Jasmine because that's basically what she does. She, and she did that to Cachorro I think the last takedown, she just kind of ran her over. Yeah. Um, and, uh, like tackled her and, uh, finished the fight. So good for Jasmine. Like had the crowd happy because, uh, the opening fight, Bakken Gordon missed weight. First of all, two fights in a row. And then got himself, after dominating, got himself submitted by the only the only way Jimmy Flick could win was uh, having to go to the ground. And Gordon obliged and got submitted with arm triangle choke, 117 in the second round. Says he uh, retired, but that's basically, you can't fire me, I quit type of thing from him. I think so. I, I will just say, <laughs> it feels like he tired himself out in the first round defending submission attempts when he should have never been on the ground in the first place. Cause let me tell you something, when he was on the feet against Jimmy flick, he had him wobbly. He piecing him up. He was doing exactly what we thought he would. And we were like, he just doesn't need to go to the ground. Then he got invited to the ground and went and had played defense the whole time. And then was so tired after doing it in the second round that when he tripped and fell down, he did not have the energy to stand his ass back up. Um, yeah. Real disappointing fight IQ performance from Malcolm Gordon, a real shame because I thought I had a great beat on this fight. And I think in terms of actual fighter skill and fighters abilities and what they can and can't do great handicap. Uh, and then in terms of what they chose to do inexplicably, uh, just the worst possible handicap I could add. <laughs> yep. It is true. So uh wasn't a totally bad night for uh, Gummy's handicap. So he may have been mediocre overall. When you just look at the number of fights he had, correct. What were your six and six? I think six, six and yeah, six. The epitome of mediocre, but he was up 217 bucks almost because he hit all those dogs. I went five and seven only lost 33 bucks though on those because I had some dogs as well. So on the year, we're both at 48% Gumby. We're deadlocked, but you're you're oh, down five percent. I'm, I'm ahead again. I'm ahead. You're again. down five percent. I'm down seven percent. So there you I'm go. ahead. I'm ahead, ahead again. again. Just you had that one week, just so you know. Yep, <laughs> I know. Our lock, our locks, Gordon and Lanese crapped out because they are Canadian males. Um, Armfield, we both had it as our dogs. That looked good. Maggie Malat decision almost came through via Gumby at plus two hundred. I'll take and it if Silva, I get Magni anyway. <laughs> Silva by decision almost came through me, technically. Uh, she almost won the fight via decision until she decided she was too tired to fight. Um, so we, we missed on those. Um, underdogs were the name of the uh, of the of the uh, of the day of the week. Uh, we were both now over on these on the year. We're both at four and five on our underdogs. We're, I'm up 195 bucks here on up 235. So underdogs are that's going to be the thing. 2024 is going to be our thing. Uh, that's for the bonus words in the real world. Uh, as I said, DDP Strickland were our fighter of the night. Robertson, Jasmine, Jusu Devicius, two Canadian females were our performance of the night. And no UFC coming up. Boo. We have no UFC this week, but don't worry. We got some, there's actually some really good fight cards coming up that we got you set for. The UFC is back in the apex. Hooray. So it's going to be a stellar fight card. That means um, February the 3rd. Roman Delizzi, Nazardine, Imabov, uh, Moicano, Dober are the top two fights there um all right we've talked enough and my laptop's gonna die soon so uh we'll chat more in the discord get in the discord if you're not a knucklehead get in the discord if you have if your dna isn't an abomination get in the discord <laughs> first gummypockets.com slash discord uh twitter gumby was bragging about us on twitter last night at the sgpn mma account because we hit a plus 310 you got to brag about having plus 310s um so check that account out you can check him out at gumby Breland. you can check me out at jeff fox writer on there and on instagram you can check out my sub stack i haven't people who entered my pick'em contest i have not crunched the numbers yet for last night's uh, event i will do that very shortly uh but i run a weekly pick'em for the ufc and a bunch of other fun articles on there so get to moneymma.substack.com gummy's got the top turtle mma podcast uh this past week he made um he made someone retire first he made someone miss weight miss weight and then retire 
uh, Malcolm Gordon. And I can't remember who else did you interview? Mark Andre Barrio. Yes, Mark Andre. And he made the power bar, uh, the surge productor lose as well. So great job, Gumby. Uh, we should keep, I, I might actually keep a running track. Now I don't have time. I was going to track <laughs> how you're guys, but I, no more stats. I don't have time for that. Um, and yeah, Top Turtle is a good podcast. You should listen to it. And uh, of course, you should go to sportsgamingpodcast.com. You should go to the store, sportsgamingpodcast.com slash stored, so you can get swagged out like me. And you should go to the Patreon, sportsgamingpodcast.com slash Patreon. We'll be back. Don't worry. We got some three good um, regional events coming up to cover over the next week. Uh, tomorrow, Octagon, third Wednesday? Wednesday, we do a show, right? Wednesday, LFA. Thursday, I'm blanking. Thursday is what? 1FC, the biggest promotion 1FC, in the world. 1FC, the biggest promotion in the world wow so and these these are our like highest viewed like nine of our, out of our top 10 highest viewed youtube videos are regional ones so that seems to be our thing you guys love us on youtube i don't know why yeah <laughs> it, it, not so much the audio form that the, you know that they don't kill audio uh numbers wise but yeah youtube they uh, they are a thing so thank you everyone who watches it on youtube uh we'll be back tomorrow to we're gonna kick things off with octagon for you i gotta see what nicknames i'm gonna use before i get out of here oh of course i'm jeff x fox and then the brick gummy vreeland will be making the picks tomorrow when we are back in your ears and eyes see ya